When we share our stories with one another, we inspire each other. We help each other to grow. We also help one another to feel less alone. I'm Amanda Solar. I'm the host of Soulful Connections, and I'm the founder of SoulfulLiving.com. Join me and let's connect. Connection. Well, I am happy to be here with Todd and David, and I'm just going to say, David, that my I knew you for many years casually because I have been working at the chamber. You are a banker. I would see you and think, what a nice guy. You're always just warm and nice. And then I didn't see you for a while. And then one day I looked on Facebook and there you are in Florida. <laughs> and <laughs> it was like magic. And would you kind of share a little bit about, you know, how you ended up there? And P.S. Welcome, Todd and David. Thank you. Um, the reason that Todd and I moved to West Palm Beach, there were a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, Bucks County Bank. Um, I worked there for um, probably close to 15 plus years. And then the bank was bought um, and acquired by another bank. And at that time, it, um, my job was basically um, terminated because um, the bank had their own compliance team, their own BSA officer. So it gave me a lot of like soul searching and it gave me the opportunity. I was working, you know, 10 hour, 12 hour days between going to events after work and things of that nature. So for me, it gave me like a sense of, wow, I'm not working. You know, this is great. And then, um, you know, of course I got a severance pay. So that allowed me to continue doing, you know, what I wanted to do. And I, I traveled and um, got to see a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a long time. And um, then I wanted to get back into working. So I got a job with um, a consulting firm out of New York City. And um, the territory was supposed to be Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York. And um, unfortunately, um, someone had left the company. so they wanted me to cover Washington, D.C., um, Virginia, and West Virginia. At the same time, I was communicating with Todd. We met by accident on Facebook, and um, it was just, you know, we, we couldn't stop talking. It was like three hours a night, you know, every night. And this went on for like many, 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 many months. Um, how many months do you think? Uh, probably about six months, I'd say. Six I'd months. Say. And then we finally met. And um, long story short, Todd ended up, you know, moving, leaving his job 
um, with the VA hospital that he worked for in Shreveport, Louisiana, and, and moved in with me. And um, at the same time, I had started this job and now I was traveling and away from home for five days a week and only coming home for like a day and a half. And Todd was like, oh my God, I didn't like, you know, this is like crazy, you know? Right. I, I, just I don't think I signed here. up for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, then Todd had an opportunity. Um, why don't you go from there and, and talk about you, the, the three different places that um, you had the opportunities and what I said. Oh, so I left the Veterans Administration system after 26 years and uh, I found an opportunity in Sellersville, Pennsylvania at Grandview Health. And, uh, you know, that was great. And, and, I, and I enjoyed working there, met a lot of nice people in that particular area, a lot of great staff there at the hospital. But my heart has always been in caring for veterans and had a lot of people reach out to me probably about three or four months after I moved to Pennsylvania. We really want you to come back to Veterans Administration System as well. I'm really kind of in Pennsylvania, but let me think about it. So I put my name out there and uh, there were three choices, actually four toward the end, but uh, the first three were Anchorage, Alaska. And I told David, I said, that's a little too cold for me. I was already <laughs> cold in Pennsylvania being from Louisiana. So um, then the other opportunity was Providence, Rhode Island. And, you know, Providence is a, is a beautiful city. And uh, but David and I, you know, thought eh, it might be even colder there. And uh, then the last opportunity was West Palm Beach. And when I said that, David's face glowed and beamed. <laughs> and he said, when can we move? And I said, I opened my trunk. I started throwing all my clothes in there. <laughs> so, so I told him, I said, well, the reality of this is once I set the job, we have about three weeks to get ourselves together because we have to be down there at the end of August in, in 2018. So uh, that's what we did. And um, that's how we ended up in Florida. So can I just say, because those are two really dramatic moves, I think, for both of you. So first of all, for Todd, you just said that you worked somewhere for 26 years. Right. So that's a commitment. And that's, you know, that's a very deeply rooted life that you had, it sounds right. like. Right. So... What gave you the courage to up, you know, up your leave and, and leave that life behind and, and go to Pennsylvania? Well, I think it was twofold. One, um, I had wanted to experience more of a permanent type of move in, in a different state. That was something I'd always wanted to do. I had moved around the country somewhat when I worked for the VA. I did what's called details, which means I would fill in for people when they left like executive roles and things like that. But also I met an amazing person, which was David. And I said to myself, you know what, between my wanting to be away from where I was living and also this amazing person, it was worth it just to dive in head first. If it didn't work out, then I really didn't have anything to lose other than getting experience of meeting somebody and being in a different area but I had the courage to go on and jump in head first and just said, okay, I'm really, I'm ready to do this. Was I a little nervous about it? Well, sure I was. I was leaving behind many, many, many friends and years of 
experiences and, and uh, things that we had all done together. And, you know, and I remember I'm taking off out of the airport in Louisiana. I'm looking, you know, back down on the ground and I'm thinking as we're taking off, you know what? I just said goodbye and uh, to my life there. And I said, this is a new start. And when I landed in Pennsylvania, I thought this is a new start for my life and wow. it's going to be good. You know, I think it's how we um, make things in life. You know, you can you can look at it in a positive way. And I went into that in a very positive manner that this was going to work out. And despite all the things that he described that we went through of not being together for multiple weeks, I still was very positive about it and we made it, you know, that's the we way. Made it. Yeah, definitely. The, the funniest story is when I picked him up at the airport the first time. I don't know if you remember, but you know, when I was outside of my banking attire, I always dress in like black. So, you know, in the winter, you know, just like a black leather jacket. See, I always pants. saw you in your banking attire. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. so you never saw. <laughs> So like Tosh comes off the plane and I'm like, is that him? Is that him? And he sees this guy like it was he was in all black. And I landed in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is a very small airport. I was the last flight in at 11:45 p.m. from Charlotte. Oh and uh, so I'm coming off the concourse. It's not that big of an airport. No. I just walk off and you know, downstairs, and then there's this person sitting there, and I'm thinking. Well, gosh, that doesn't even look like the guy that I was seeing on my on Facebook. Because all my friends kept saying, are you sure you want to do something like that? That's kind of risky. And I said, this was before we really had moved in. Right. I moved in sure. our very first encounter. And I thought, that doesn't look like the same person. But then when he stood up, I could see his face. But it was like was, all in black. Everything was black. Leather, the leather <laughs> pants, I think. He had a leather jacket, black boots, black hat. Um, yeah, I black had a black gloves. scarf, black <laughs> gloves, and I thought, okay, you know, this is okay. And so the, uh, the trip to New Hope was an experience from Allentown. I, uh, number one, I left Louisiana and I was in short sleeves. It was 75 degrees and I get there and it's 22 and in Allentown, snowing. it's snowing pretty hard. And I could see it as we were making our descent into Allentown. So I thought, okay, I'm in for it now. And so we get yeah. we get out the airport. I'm freezing cold, and so he's in this little BMW that was not an all-wheel drive. So we're kind of like we're going on River Road. The car is like going back and forth and sliding. We're having deer jump over the top of the car. <laughs> oh, it's just like crazy. And I know he I know he knew I was nervous because I was I didn't say I was, a like, lot. I was like don't worry about it. I was <laughs> like this happens all the time. <laughs> So that was the beginning of our that was the beginning of our journey of uh, our new hope days and and but all all ended well i really got to spend a great four or five days up there the first visit got to see uh bucks county in the fall which was right after right before halloween i was there or right after halloween i can't remember but uh it was really cool he took me around to everywhere i i don't think i missed any road in bucks county near new hope I, we went all over the place so yeah it was really a wonderful experience and then actually i was like i guess because the bank was dissolved and i had the time i said i'm gonna go to louisiana oh my and 
the next week I flew out to Louisiana and um, we had a great time together and we kind of did that back and forth. And then we talked about it over the phone and he said, you know, I really think that I want to change in my life. And I had this opportunity at Grandview Hospital and I said, well, just move in with me. Yeah. And that's what we did. Um, yeah, it was a really, uh, it, was a, it was a risk. I mean, uh, everything about it. Oh, it is everything. On both of your parts. Like it was a risk for both of you. So can I be invasive and ask you, David, what is it about Todd that you love that just said, yeah, this, this is worth this risk <laughs> not to put David or you on the spot, Todd. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think that, you know, his, compassion for humans and you know human beings and just his um the way he loves life the way he treats people with dignity um all of my friends they're all like oh my god i wish i had a Todd." (laughs) (laughs) all of them yeah everyone they're always like i wish i could clone todd because he's so respectful of everyone and um, caring and a lot of people are all about themselves sometimes and um, they don't see the beauty of um, you know just being kind to one another and you see all these like crazy things like what is it called karens you know they call them the karens right <laughs> and yeah. and you you watch these videos and you're like do people really behave like that like i could yeah. never imagine todd even being upset going to that degree wow yeah and um you know that's why i love him and i think that i mean he loves me unconditionally. Wow. And that is really Powerful. hard to find. And um, I don't, in the past five years that we've been together, I don't think that we've really ever had like an argument. <clears throat> wow. We might, we might have had like it's a disagreement, yeah, you know, but <clears throat> raising our voice would be really out of character how that's really wonderful and Todd, where do you think that this part of your personality this compassion this kindness are your parents that way were you raised with that how where does that come from i think it's probably from being raised in the south we just are very friendly people and accept people and uh you know, I think we were raised to be kind to one another. I mean, both my mom and dad were uh, that way. You know, they were always helping other people out. Um, you know, my mother and dad both had wonderful careers. And my dad was a very civic organizational person. He was involved in a lot of different activities within my hometown of Lake Charles, Louisiana. So, you know, I think it was just, I think it was the way that we were brought up. Um, we were brought up, you know, to always appreciate things that we had and also respect the people that were around despite diversity, you know, race, whatever the case may be, we were, we were just taught that way. That was how things were. And, 
Um, and I just think from being in the South, like I said, Southern people are a little bit more naive too. You know, sometimes we don't always see through things. Uh, you know, like <laughs> for example, the first time I went to New York City with him, and uh, you know, and I, I'm just the gentleman that I was supposed to be because I'm from the South, and so we're at this busy subway terminal, you know, and it was like five o'clock in the afternoon and these ladies are trying to get on. And, and, and so David's looking at me and I, and I said, Oh, y'all can go on. You can get on the, and he looked at me and says, if you don't get on here, you're going to be left behind. And I thought, well, that's what I'm supposed to do is allow people to go in front of me. You right. Know? And so you know, he didn't really He'd still be there. He didn't describe it really as clear as it should have been because there were, hundreds and hundreds of people calling to get onto the subway and he's holding the door oh in, and now the door is closing and he's out oh so my I, lord well that would not have been good todd if you had been yeah. left there I, the only thing is i had a cell phone and he had a cell phone so i knew eventually i could tell him okay i'm at 57th and 5th <laughs> avenue or something and we would end up you know meeting up again but it was quite interesting, but I think too, the other thing is that it's um, why I got into healthcare is my compassion for people at their weakest moments too in life, which um, I've seen it all. I've dealt with newborn infants in critical condition all the way to elderly people, unfortunately, that are passing away. And, uh, I worked in open heart surgery. I worked in critical care for a good while. And so I saw the worst of what people can be going through. And not only do we dealing with the patient, but the family to have to deal with those issues and that compassion that you have to actually show the family because they're a part of that one centered unit, which is a patient. So uh, I had a lot of opportunities to um, probably display that respectful, you know, um, upbringing that we had when wow. I was brought up, so. Yeah, yeah I'll, to, I'll get back to that work. But so, Todd, what is it that drew you to David? What is it that said, you know, yeah, I'm going to uproot this idyllic life in Louisiana? Because we, we talked before about your childhood, and it sounds really magical and wonderful. Yeah. And head out to Pennsylvania to be with well, David. You know, I after we communicated for a good while, um, you know, I saw someone that was full of life, energetic, a risk taker, someone that was very spontaneous. Um, that's how I would describe him because I'm a little bit less spontaneous than what he is. You know, like when we were, when I, when we lived in Pennsylvania together, he said, he'd just wake up in the morning, like at six o'clock, we're going to the shore. And I said, what shore? And he said, we're going to Atlantic City. I said, what? He said, yeah, we're going to Atlantic City for the weekend. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. So it's those traits that within him, and then also he is such a caring person for other people and he cares about what other people need and want. And it can be from consoling them during times of, you know, sorrow or deep, you know, disbelief of something happening to, uh, you know, congratulating someone over success. Um, I think his, one of his passions and one of the things that he does is cooking and that's David's passion. And when I see him, it's like he and his, he is in his total element of life 
because it is like that when he's cooking, he's dedicated toward making something as perfect as what it can be. And I've always said cooking, and he is also not just a good cook, but he also bakes. And that is one thing, a baker and a cook, those two things are extremely hard to find. And that's because he thinks from a very scientific and artistic manner when he's cooking. Because when you look and you see his, you know, his plates of food, they're artistically put together with colors and things like that. And, you know, so all of that in a nutshell is really kind of what drove me toward being attracted to him. And uh, we've been through a lot over the five years. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, from different things that have occurred, you know, and so I knew that this was going to be the right person for me, because he's, he's a very strong person too inside from um, feeling that and being very encouraging when people are going through something pretty catastrophic in life. And I picked up on that immediately when I first met him, I could tell those traits were there, you know, and I, you know, and I never dreamed that anything would happen to us, you know, that's some of us have gone through the last year, but um, I knew that if it did, that he could be a strong person. And I hope that I could be the same for him too. <clears throat> and then you kind of had to, you had to put that to the test, right? Because you did become ill, yes, right? I did. I definitely did. And yeah, last, prostate last cancer. year I had yeah. cancer and um, unbeknowing to me and, you know, thank goodness I made, uh, something kept telling me I needed to go to Minnesota. I needed to go to the Mayo Clinic of Rochester, which is really the number one healthcare organization pretty much in the world. Now they're still, uh, rated at that. So I told David it was in, um, like February of 2021 during COVID, of course, and, you know, things were going on. And I said to him, I've got to go to the Mayo Clinic. I, I don't want to go, but something keeps telling me I need to go. So I have the nephrologist up there that I would see periodically. And um, she's the one who identified that I had the potential risk, very potential risk for having cancer. And so uh, she advised me what to do. And I was able to get back to Florida and, um, you know, find the correct physicians to take care of my issue. And I went through radiation treatments and uh, seven weeks of, of uh, external beam radiation and did very well and uh, doing very well now. But, you know, there was days that particularly like halfway in between the treatments that uh, radiation really just uh, destroys a lot of your uh, energy. And, uh, you know, you really have you're very, very fatigued and to the point that you know, some days you couldn't even really physically get up. I mean, I was just like, I felt like, you know, somebody that didn't have any legs or arms because it was, I was mm. so exhausted. Like I had been running for, you know, hours and hours when I get up in the morning. And, uh, so he was encouraging me the whole time to wow. pushing, you know, and not to the point of being disrupted pushing but pushing and encouraging me to keep on and keep moving and you know it's going to be okay and you know I um I don't think I would have made that I know I wouldn't have made it through that journey without him being there because uh it was you know it's, it was scary I mean you know because there's there's a lot of side effects that could have occurred with the radiation I could have had uh bones actually burned during the radiation and you know uh, intestinal injuries, all kinds of things could have happened. And thank goodness, 
at this point, nothing like that did occur. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that was a test of real, um, you know, our our love for each other and the ability to lift the other person up. I, I feel like that intensifies a relationship because I do think when you go through something like that, it takes, you know, you say five years, but it's almost like that makes it like 10 years. Oh. <laughs> There's something about an intense situation like that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, it, 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 it really, it really does. And, you know, and I, I was never at the point that I, you know, would never have given up because I was, I'm a fighter from where go. So, I mean, I, it just, um, I knew that because they caught this early, it was very early caught, you know, in the, in the game of cancer. And I knew with encouragement and strength through him that I would get through that. And I did. And uh, I'm not looking back. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a journey that I look forward now to. And it's done. And, um, and I'm glad that I did what I did because I knew there was some reason why something kept telling me I needed to go that's you know, amazing. I know 1400 miles away. And, right. and I left David here because we had an animal that I couldn't really copy Ray. So he had to stay our, our French bulldog. So it all worked out great. You know? I, I think though, that also um, for me, I was really concerned because of COVID and Todd has, um, you know, kidney issues and um, heart issues. And so I was concerned about him flying because here he's, his body's compromised. And yeah. um, so thankfully he was able to work from home. The whole we time. We rarely left. Yeah, we did get out. And, um, you know, you did get COVID twice though. Yeah, that was just recently. But that was after our shots and boosters. So... Yeah. When people say, oh, well, I got my shot booster, you can still get COVID. You can still get it. Yeah. Um, so one thing that you, when you talk about the cooking and the baking, David, where does that come from? Do you, have you loved that your entire life? Did you recently discover this passion? I've, I've been cooking and baking since I was five. Wow. I used to sit on... Um, in my mother's kitchen and I would watch her and she would tell me exactly the measurements of everything. And um, I remember, I mean, you see these like little kids on TV today, you yeah. know, like, so I remember my dad, I said, I'm going to make you your favorite cake. He's like, you don't know how to make a cake. And I was like, daddy, I know how to make a cake. And I went in and I had a step ladder and I made a cake. Oh my goodness. And it was perfect. That's crazy. And it was exactly, and you know, I didn't have my mother's guidance, but I watched her all the time doing it. So I knew yes. exactly how to do it. And I knew the temperature on the oven. She would say, put the oven, put it on this temperature and I would put it on. So that kind of has always been with me. And, yeah. um, you know, and then I get into like different things like Middle Eastern food. Wow. I, think I know how to make that, you know, Asian wow. food. I'm now into egg rolls, you know, making Amazing. 
homemade. Yeah, I can't pickles. imagine. I and, can't imagine. And they're so good. And um, I don't like to boast, but you and know, all the sweet stuff that he makes cream brulee, which is my favorite from Louisiana, being French and uh, you know, just, oh my gosh, cookies and cobblers. And uh, I'm just glad I have a high metabolism rate. <laughs> I can burn all things and I don't eat a lot at one time, but uh, you know, he can, he does that without any recipe whatsoever. You know, he's told it's me a couple incredible. times. It is incredible. He says, now Todd, I think you can go in and make this. I said, absolutely not. I said, <laughs> mine would be a flop. I, I can tell you, it would not look like yours. And it would never be the right thing. So what I think that um, how I look at everything for recipes is I'll do a Google search on something that I haven't made before. And I'll read all the ingredients from like 20 different recipes. And then I'm like, well, I like that spice. I don't like that spice. I like this. And then I kind of like put it together myself and then I make it so that's kind of how I make my own recipes that's really amazing David how um what do you get from it is what do what does it do for you 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 know you what is that what is that I think the satisfaction when friends come over and they're like oh my god oh my god <laughs> and just making people feel it's like especially in times, you know, where people are just getting back together. We just had a dinner party and I had some friends over and they all love coming over because they, yeah. you know, I'm going to make like a crazy like feast. And um, it's just fun watching people laugh and there's nothing better and more comforting than seeing people having pleasure in eating, laughing and just being in the moment, joyful, um, because we're in troubling times, you know, with a, with a lot of different things for, so if I can give my friends that moment, it means a lot to me. That's actually, I hadn't thought about it like that, but that's a really, really, really good point. Um, because, you know, you can spend your days right now tearing your hair out and looking and talking about you know how bad everything is and the choice to kind of celebrate what is good and your friendships and your creativity and i think that's really there's a lesson probably in there that we can all you know take from both of you so I want to talk about your child with fur, <laughs> Bobby Ray. Oh gosh! <laughs> well, well, I can the me, meanest little dog on the face of the earth. <laughs> let me let me let me start out because we uh, we had always talked about when we when I moved to New Hope we wanted a French bulldog. So I said, okay, you know, I, I've always loved him. I've had friends that have had him, and David said. Well, I know what the name is going to be. And I said, what's his name? He said, Bobby Ray. And I said, Bobby Ray? I said, that's Southern. I said, it's, yeah, yeah, it's from, this, from the movie Sweet Home Alabama. And I said, oh, yeah, I remember the character. So we, we kind of laughed about it. So uh, then um, we proceeded to a flea market in New Hope. And 
all of a sudden we buy a bird cage. And I said, what's the bird cage for? I said, we don't have a bird. So he says, yeah, we're going to get one. And I said, you're kidding me. So this is, this is a spontaneous part of him. Buy the cage. I'm going to take you out to breakfast. Next thing you know, we're going to go get a bird. Sure enough, we did. <laughs> so we have a bird. Well, he, said, he said a little. He said yeah, this bird this talks. talks. So we went to Pets of the World in Gardensville. And, and uh, so we picked him up. And so that was our first pet together. And uh, we call him Garge is our bird. Garge. What is G his name? Garge. G-O-R-G. If you look it up, it is an actual word in the dictionary. It's, it's, it's short it's for gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Oh. Yeah. So uh, we brought him. He drove the 1,200 miles from Pennsylvania to here when we moved. And uh, David was in a convertible, and, and I was in a convertible. And he sang the entire time. The entire time I'm calling David, and all I can hear is guards singing, just having a good time in the back. So That's, a, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. So we, you know, when we moved to West Palm, we lived in a high rise and really having a dog would probably not have been that advantageous because of, we were up on the 17th floor and, you know, it just really would not have been good. So we finally moved to where we're at now. And uh, I had been communicating with a uh, French bulldog breeder uh, here in Florida and lots of what they call Lachahatchee, Florida, which is a little bit north of where we live. So she called me one day. We had dinner. We had lunch plans. Excuse me. We had lunch plans with some of our close friends in Palm, and, and Palm Beach. And so David calls him and says, can't do it. We're not doing it today. We're not going out to lunch with you. We're fixing to go buy our baby. And, and so they were like, what? And so he said, well, we're getting a French bulldog. And sure enough, we went to this French bulldog breeder. And there are probably about 12 puppies. And Bobby Ray was the only puppy that really looked at, at us and started to want us to pick him up. He picked up his paws. And that was it. I was like, and David and here's I, my credit card. Yeah, this is it. You know? <laughs> and, and so he has been an adventure since we've got him. He, uh, he's, got the, he's got a great little personality, but he also has a streak in him that I'm going to do what I want to do. And I don't care if I make a mess of it. And, uh, but David has him very well trained. David has pretty much been the trainer. He's kind of the authoritarian person in, in his life. I'm sort of the person that comforts him when he's got issues and he doesn't feel good, things like that. You know, with the he, puppies get a little bit of this and that you know, when they're young. So uh, David has him on command for just about everything. And uh, from A to Z. And so, uh, yeah, Bobby Ray is a part of our life now. And I hope that, you know, he outlives the typical 12 years that uh, French Bulldogs actually live. And uh, he's a part of us now. You know, he's, he is, uh, we wake up to him. We, you know, we put him to bed at night. And he is, uh, he's just, a, he's a great little uh, support for us to, you know, when some days are kind of crazy. So he spends most of the day with Todd in the office. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> he um, listens to all of my uh, my Zoom meetings and MS team meetings and falls asleep. And I, I said something to one of my coworkers. I said, I'm not sure if that means that we're boring or what the issue is. But I said immediately when we start all these meetings, he is like out. And of course, I'm in meetings with very high officials, even in Washington, D.C. And all of a sudden, 
you hear him snoring in the background. <laughs> so everybody's looking at me and they're in the background texting me on MSP. Todd, is somebody in that room sleeping? And I said, no, it's my French bulldog. And so it became a real joke. And I put, it got to the point, I take him out of his little crate and I pull him up to the screen and everybody just melted at that point. So yeah, yeah. he's a, he's a, he's a real, we've enjoyed having, he's been great. And the bird and him, they have a love hate relationship. Let me put it that way, because Garge was by himself for about four years and all attention was on our bird. So now that has upset the bird because all he sees is the attention on Bobby Ray. So we're having to try to work through those little kind of issues. <laughs> and he tries, get, issues. he tries to get Bobby Ray in trouble. Oh, yeah. He likes when Bobby Ray gets scolded. He starts singing. <laughs> <laughs> Where to God? He starts Typical singing. siblings. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, well, Gorge does this on purpose. He kicks out his bird food where, where Bobby Ray is not supposed to be eating that. And he knows that Bobby Ray gets into that and he's going to get, he's going to get scolded for it. So they got, they had this thing where they, it's, yeah, it's I'm kind of crazy. Right. I, I, it's really funny. It's kind of comical anyway. Well, I just have to tell you that I do this thing now because you know how Bobby Ray poops and pees on command. Right. So the other morning, I swear to you, I had my dog. She was taking forever. I walk her. I had to get to work. And I said, come on, we're going to Bob, we're going to Bobby Ray it this morning. <laughs> I kept going. Oh, I love so Bobby Ray is now a verb in my household. <laughs> love it. Well, Bobby Ray is a very popular dog. He has his own Facebook page, The Life of Bobby Ray. So mm -hmm. he's got a lot of followers, mm -hmm. and and uh, yeah, you're you're on there, and you know we always try to post something, yeah, some little fun, something that he did during the week, or you know, several days during the week. So it's a lot of fun to kind of put him up there and uh i was just wish he knew that he was up on the uh, you know on the internet it just be so cool he was famous he would know he was yeah. famous so what constitutes for you guys um a perfect day like what would be just this is a perfect day a perfect day to me would be um waking up in the morning taking care of the kids you know bobby ray the bird and um maybe going for a walk or bike ride and then going to the beach and, you know, and, and having the um, luxury because, you know, Todd works during the week. So really the perfect day or weekend would be Saturday or Sunday and going to the beach and spending, you know, a few hours. I'm not like a all day beach guy, but, you know, I like a couple hours and then going out to yeah. lunch and, you know, just chilling at home and yeah, you know, maybe jumping in the pool here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Florida, I mean, it's pretty mm. much beautiful every day. It's, a, it's the weather is wonderful here. I mean, you just can't, yeah, they have, we have about 300 days of sunshine typically. And oh, you don't I didn't realize about, that. I thought it was really more than that. Really don't think about it that way, but we, we do. And we live in, in a coastal area that typically does not get hurricanes for some reason or another. Uh, so that's a good thing. This southeast coast is protected somewhat. More of the west coast of Florida gets more hurricanes and tropical storms. And so we are protected. But we do have, you know, 
I, I just beautiful weather for weeks. I mean, we will not get any rain at all. And so perfect day is beach, pool, mm -hmm. enjoying the weather. We have great places to eat. We I love to put the top down the convertible and fly here, fly there. I love going to Palm Beach, the island. Um, antiquing and, antique. and just being with each yeah. other, actually. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's yeah. like the perfect day. Just sometimes, you know, not even leaving the house and right. I'll just you know, start making food and yeah. you know, so doing nice. and and just you know, um, it's not about shopping for me anymore. Like that used to be a big thing when I worked, you know, at the bank because I always, you know, needed a new suit or I wanted the best tie and I wanted to look really good. I don't do that. I don't do yeah, that. So yeah. So my life totally changed. You know. For me, going out and spending a crazy amount of money for a pair of shoes, I wouldn't do that today. You know, now oh, I go to like TJ Maxx and I'm like, oh, there's $7.99. They're great bolsters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Instead of right. $799. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So that that's definitely something that has definitely changed within me that um I'm not as materialistic um, as I used to that's be. So, that's fascinating. Yeah, you know? I, I, I don't, I don't feel the need for it. I mean, I have so much, and it's when people come over, I actually give them things. You yeah. know, my friend will come over and they're like, "Oh, I love that hat because I'm a hat collector and stuff." I'm like, "Well, it's yours." You know, I like that yeah. piece of jewelry. I'll, I'll take it off and it's a, you know, I put it on their hand um yeah those things um i like making people happy and um and that's so important in life because materialistic things they don't bring you happiness in the moment yes you know in the moment you get a new pair of shoes and you try them on and like, i love these but after a while they wear out just like we do yeah and you know what it, it feels like for me listening to you, David, it feels like um, you're full, you know, like sometimes I think that even shopping can be a quest for, you know, you're, you're hungry and you're kind of filling up and that's the, you know, that's the action that does that. And it feels like you are both fulfilled. You're living a fulfilling life right now. Um, which just seems really, it feels like you guys both took a risk and many risks really. And to me, so worth taking because you were really betting on yourselves, each other, your love, um, opening your heart, opening your life. Like that's all so powerful. It, it, you know, it, it's scary though too you know what we went through is a very scary experience i don't know if i was working at the bank before it was dissolved and and, and purchased and acquired by another bank um i don't know if i could have done the same thing with todd i don't think yeah. i would have had the time to put into it i was at a point where I didn't need to work after the bank was done. You know, I had a nice chunk of money 
and mm -hmm. I was able to lay back for a few months and it gave me the opportunity. I never really thought about dating anyone. You know, I yeah. really never did. And it was just funny that it happened on Facebook of all places and that I friended Todd by accident through another friend that I knew. From Philadelphia. From Philadelphia. And he kept liking all my posts of like, you know, all the food I made. And I was like, who is this guy? I don't know. So one night, um, I just messaged him and I was like, I said, I don't know if I know you, but I said, you keep, you know, saying really wonderful things about all the food that I'm making. And and I called him. I was and he in, called me. I was in Chicago, in Chicago. on a business trip. And uh, I had gone out to dinner with a lot of friends and um, that in downtown Chicago. So uh, I called him. It was probably around 1030. We didn't get off the phone until at least 130 in the morning. And wow. so, that, you know, and I thought, OK, you know, this is pretty cool because we we really talked about a lot of things that we like to do and uh, places we had been and experiences and things like that. So it was really, you know, it was just cool. It started off that way. That's where our, our conversations really started when I was in Chicago and that. So it's it was a risk. <clears throat> I mean, but life is a risk. It is. Everything that you do yeah. in life is a risk. Any new job you take on, any actually person that you meet, you know, mm -hmm. it's a risk, you know, like and I think that that's what was really wonderful about us is that we took that risk and look at us today. Yeah. We... You know, it also says staying still can be a risk because staying in your comfort zone can be a risk in a weird right. way because look what you would be missing, right. you know? Right. And so there's just that that's really that's really incredible. Um, I don't know if if you believe in anything bigger, but it feels to me like there's like a larger force at work in your life, both of you, just because Definitely. just the way it all kind of clicked together. Uh, you know, it's, I, that's really, really cool. I totally agree with that. And uh, fate, fate was on our side. Fate was there for the two of us right. who live yeah. totally opposite worlds. I mean from yeah. being my Cajun French background from South Louisiana to his Italian, you know, living in Philadelphia, Northeast Philadelphia. I mean, totally different backgrounds. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, never, you just don't, you don't think about those kinds of things happening. I guess it's like, almost like sleepless in Seattle, you know, right. the movie, you know, it's sort of kind of like that. You just don't see those things happening very often like that. So. In life. Yeah, yeah. you probably, David, never thought, like, there's somebody in Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, all of my friends are like, <laughs> they're like, are you crazy? And all of them the same way. They said, they said, are you going to go up there? You better have, you know, you better be ready. You know, if something happens. Have your mace ready. <laughs> it could be a mass murder or something like that. I said, no, I'm pretty good judge of character. After I've talked to somebody for a good while, I, I don't think that would have happened in that. So, uh, yeah. And it then was, you showed up in black leather and you were like, I don't know. <laughs> no. It was, um, I wasn't wearing black leather pants. So I was wearing black 
thought you were. Yeah, I'm maybe, saying. maybe I yeah, did. You were. You were maybe. totally. <laughs> well, it was it was freezing out? It was so cold. it was freezing cold. Right. At night. Right. I was like, okay, you know, this is uh, this okay, you know. And then he tells me, you know, I can't believe you bought this, brought this huge suitcase. Remember, he said. <laughs> You had this suitcase. I was like, are you moving in with me? I was like, I don't even have a trunk to put it in. Hilarious. Because I saw the weather before I was about to leave. And I said, you know what? I need to go and bring winter clothing. And uh, so it was just like, I just started throwing stuff in there. It's crazy. Whenever I go away, I have one little bag that I bring on the plane, the carry-on. Todd? I'm like, you don't need 10 pairs of shoes. Todd, I am right there with you. I am right there with you. I do index cards of what I'm going to wear every day. And then I lay them all. And, and yeah, no, I. <laughs> oh, God. That was so funny. That, that, that was yeah. hilarious. Um, you know, it's. You take a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like chance. Like you said yeah. before, they like to be in their comfort zone. And I did like the match.com and I did other dating things. It never really, you get a lot of people that, you know, um, you don't even know if you can really trust them. It, I yeah. felt comfortable with Todd because you know, me being my compliance background in BSA and everything like that, you know, I do like a check on everyone to make sure that they're like who they are. Yes. <laughs> so I had a really good, um, just a really good feeling. And, and that's what you have Great. to go on, a feeling yeah. and a risk. And, wow. and that's what it is. And it doesn't happen for everyone. It doesn't, yeah. you know, I was in a long-term relationship for 18 years. It didn't work out. Wow. Um, Todd was in a relationship for 32 years. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah just, you know, sometimes you wake up and like you said, uh, you wake up and then you think to yourself, there's more to life than what I'm in right now. And there's something out there that um, I felt like that could have made me more happier and you know more fulfilling as far as the rest of my life that I had you know left in front of me so that's why you know I took that risk and um and it, would I do it over again sure without any that problem. is awesome yeah I just uh and you know we've been through a lot and um you know I it, I have to tell the story about this he was hospitalized for the very first time in his whole life this past year and David uh, was hospitalized yes he was hospitalized for a, you know pretty serious illness and uh, I saw him at his weakness at the most the, the weakest at, at, that I've ever seen him be and uh, you know and I told him I said you're gonna be okay you know it's gonna be okay I don't want to stay here and I said you will stay here overnight because this is what has to happen and he did. He thought about getting in the Uber or Lyft and coming home, but it was uh, it was almost <laughs> every hour they came in and poked me. It was freezing cold, like I was frozen solid. 
the people next door, somebody was playing their TV so loud the entire night I couldn't sleep. It was horrific. And this, all these gurneys are out, you know, with uh, people mm. on with COVID because- Oh my uh, gosh. And I was just like, I can't do this. I was like, and I was like, I called him in the morning. I was like, come and pick me up. You know, I am leaving this hospital. Luckily they discharged me. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I kept was, telling him, I said, you're going to get through this. And he had seen me at the worst too, because I was rushed to the hospital. Um, wow. A little bit before that, um, I uh, had some serious health issues and uh, I was put into a trauma emergency room room and they were working on me for several hours. So, you know, oh I've gosh. been there, I've been on both sides of that fence of taking care of people and being on the fence of being the patient. So, um, you know, I told him, I said, you have to be patient. You know, I know you don't want to stay here, but you have to let the doctors do what they need to do because I don't want to get you home. And then we have more issues and concerns and if you get worse and we have to rush you back. So he did, he listened and he stayed and I did pick him up mid morning and, you know, he was ready to get back home and that. And, um, you know, we have two bags packed already. Yeah, we always in do. our closet. Just in case you have to go to the just hospital. In, like, like, just in case you have to go to the hospital, you grab your bag and there's everything in there. Oh, yeah. that's smart, I, actually. I bought, I bought a black, two of us black bags. Yeah, and I have bags. like warm clothes in there because, you know. You, you were you so cold. Yeah. And he was, he was freezing. <laughs> you know, your toothbrush, your toothpaste, you know, just a phone yeah. charger, just all these things that, you know, we made a list of everything that we would need. So yeah. in the event of an emergency, grab the bag, it's Todd's and yeah. Yeah, that's it actually was, a really smart idea. It really was. And um, I, you know, I was in intensive care unit for a couple of days and then, uh, so, you know, it was just good that we were able to have all that ready. And, you know, it was like, boom, there it goes, you know, we're, we're ready to go and that. So, uh, yeah, but, I think it's totally important. I mean, my phone died. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the worst. And you have no communication now. There's no phone that you can dial out of. And so now I have my phone charger in there. I know everything's in there. And I know that I'm going to be okay. <laughs> well, you know what? I hope you don't have to use it. I hope neither exactly. of you have to use now it. Just, exactly. You know, you don't, you don't think about the things that, you know, like, when Todd went, he's like, oh, I forgot my phone charger. Yeah. And then I had to go back home. And then he's like, I'm cold. And I didn't think to bring it. So now I'm like, okay, we have this under control now. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's I, I totally get that. It can be scary. You know, this I, could be last minute, you know, it's a very last yeah. minute. And, you know, oh. I've, uh, I've been, you know, where, you know, I did not have any blood pressure at all. And, uh, you know, I could hear people, but I really, I couldn't really hear them that well. It's like things were beginning to fade out. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, they started doing all their stuff to me, giving me medicines and things like that. So, um, you know, it, it's, we've been through a lot in the five years. And, uh, you know, I'm- Yeah, you packed a lot in, I have to say. Oh, yeah. You know, most people, like you <clears throat> packed in five years, what could have happened over the course of like a 50-year relationship. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, it's crazy. You know? 
We um, moved three times in three in three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Just in Florida alone. Right, right. Yeah. We, <clears throat> we didn't have a lot of time, as I mentioned earlier, to find a place. And then we decided to buy a three-story townhouse. To, you know, didn't think that the stairs were going to be that big of a deal. And after you go up 19 steps for each floor, it was a big deal after a while. So David said, we're going to a single level. I said, that works for me. And uh, so that's where we're at now. It's a beautiful community. We've met a lot of people here, a lot of close friends we've built in the development. And I've had a lot of several very nice people at work that I've been able to meet. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's been good. It's been a good experience. Yeah, I mean, it's been great for me. I'm the youngest one here. <laughs> <laughs> that feels good. I need that. Maybe that's what I need to do, except I have to bring my kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uh, our neighbor is 93 years old across the street he's an amazing man like just amazing i mean i wish i could be like him he has more energy than i do oh that's so great i love hearing that i really do yeah, yeah it, because nice. it gives you like hope you know you, yeah. and he has a lot of you know he's in and out of the hospital all the time but he just pushes himself yeah and just you know he's an he's an amazing man i mean he's somebody that you might want to speak to um okay. he's a holocaust survivor um he was five years old and um his parents were murdered and um him and his sister would put on a train um what, what's the name called the kinder train if you look it up it's it was a jewish it was a it was a train that the um Germans would allow the young kids, they, they did not, they just took a certain number, how they selected, who knows, they put a certain number of kids on this train, the train went all the way, and they eventually ended up in London, London. Yeah. and uh, they roamed the streets of London for weeks as homeless, and they would just get scraps of food, and things like that, and, uh, you know, just, it was, and then, you know, he was found, he, a family found, found them, family found them, and then he got a job, and uh, did, significant amount of work for this particular production company it's like mechanical things and ended up getting a full scholarship to go to yeah, the united states and uh, ended up at nasa and uh, just an amazing guy and you know you look at people like that and it just yeah. gives you a lot of courage and strength to uh endure whatever the heck is going on with you you know especially when you hear stories like that it makes you feel like wow yeah. how lucky am i right you know, like yes. his parents were murdered, you know what I mean? Basically in front of him, yes. a little boy. And here he was instrumental in putting Neil Armstrong on the moon. That gives you know? me chills. You know, there's two things I get from that too. One is, yes, introduce me. <laughs> I would love <laughs> to interview him. And two, um, I love that you guys found his story because there's something about finding out other people's stories there are many people who might live you know across from him or next to him and not ever listen and learn who he is and i love that you both did that and i think that we all really need to lean into one another and and hear where we've been i think that's really powerful that you found that out Definitely. Well, I bring him my baked goods like every day. I mean, I'm not eating. <laughs> and he, no, he doesn't. And, and Ralph, the, the gentleman that across the street that we're referring to, 
he just loves everything. I mean, the sweets, I'll ring the doorbell. That they fresh cookies right off the, you know, out of the oven. He says, go bring them some cookies. I'll <laughs> ring the doorbell. His, his wife, oh my gosh, it smells so good. I mean, like, well, we oh, it really wait. pays to be your neighbor. Oh, yeah. oh I, I pay <laughs> yeah. for them like. Yeah, yeah, he cooks every day. We have like extra food for like meals and stuff like that. He'll bring it over to them because unfortunately they've had some recent health issues, significant health issues. So we try to look after them. You know, it's just, it's good. It, you know, we're giving back and that's what it's all about. So uh, nice. I think it's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your beautiful life and thank you. Thank you. Coming on my podcast and being tolerant <laughs> of my repeated requests, David, for you to come on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to do it. I just wanted to do it at the right time because we yeah. had just so many different things going on. So I really enjoyed this. And, um, you know, I hope that um, other people can see that, you know, you, ha you have to be a risk taker in life. You have to go with your heart. You just have to just whatever it is, whether it's a, a new job opportunity or you know um, a new partnership with somebody. Um, taking risk, it's scary, but it could be very just rewarding, and um, that's the most important thing. That you know, I hope people you know they get that message. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think the other thing is to laugh and have fun and look forward to great days ahead and, you know, never look back at anything that, you know, I, I think it's just best not to look back sometimes at your life. I think it's best to look forward and uh, take all that laughter and fun and enjoy life. And uh, risk can, can be painful, but risk always to me ends up being success. I, I tell employees to take risks. As long as you're not, as long as you're not, um, you know, breaking any kind of law, take the risk and see what happens. Because um, we support that um, at the organization that I work at. We want people to be autonomous and take risks to make things better for our patients. And that's the same that's thing great. in life. Same thing in life. We, uh, we're risk takers, both of us were, and that's how we ended up together. So. Well, when David takes the risk and publishes his cookbook, I will purchase it. You <laughs> have to sign it. Well, my hope is that once I retire, that we'll be back up in Pennsylvania. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed living there. I'd like to go back there and stay there for life, for the rest of our life. So. I will be willing to be a taste tester, David. I'm just, I, I would take one for the team. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening. And thanks to show advisor, Roseanne Griffiths, to the talented Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, and performed the Soulful Connections theme song, Thank you to my friends and family who give me super feedback each show. And I would love to hear feedback and thoughts from you. You can do that by sending an email to soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S like solar, O L 
F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com. Thanks for connecting.